All right, we are in the book of First Peter, written by Peter. not Peter, but Peter. That's right. And um, he also wrote the book of Second. Y'all are amazing. He wrote the book to scattered believers. Okay. So, okay. Now this is that that phrase in itself. To know that context is is important for where we're going to be in the text tonight. T- tonight we're actually in chapter two, and we're going to finish up chapter two. Tonight. So it's only taken take, take us eight weeks to get through chapters one and two in First Peter, but it's been it's been good, right? It's been okay. It's been okay. It's been okay. Um, I didn't speak last week. Our seniors did, a, I think, a fantastic job speaking last week. Don't you agree? Yeah, yeah. yeah I really think a, a theme, and if you if you've not heard it, a, a, a theme that seemed to run through a lot of them is that. Man, I was I was scared to talk to someone about my sin because I thought I was the only one. And then when I talked about it, it was such a relief uh, to to know I wasn't alone in this. And I'm trying to work through it and live for Christ. That was one theme. A, 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 a second theme was um, friendships steer you in so many ways on who you're going to be, and it's so important who you choose as friends and who you hang out as friends. I think we want to be friendly with everybody. But those that are in our close circle, those that we allow in, they will steer us towards Christ or away from Christ. They're going to do one of those two things. So those were some of the main points, but it was really good. That is online and on the app. Uh, I encourage you to, to, to check those out if, if you missed them, or even if you were here to, to listen to them again. Two weeks ago, we talked about authority, right? Authority in your life. And we talked about five things that teenagers and that are authorities in your life. Apart from God, let's take God out of the picture. We understand God has ultimate authority, but what things in this world have authority in your life? What are some of these five things? Parents, Parents have authority. Did y'all know that? You're like, hmm, yeah. Okay, two, what's that, Ken? Teachers, those the administrators or, or teachers have authority in your life. Government, Government has authority in your life. Pastor, pastor, yeah, baby, y'all didn't cheer with that, right? Pastors, no, I don't want you to cheer. I was only kidding, but um, you know, there, there, there's a, a authority that is, is given by God. Not that we rule over you, but we're supposed to protect you and fight for you and look out for you. Uh, and there was one more group of of authority within your life. It affects some of you, not all of you, right now, but it will affect all of you at some point. Employers, you're, you're, you're going to have a boss or you're going to be, your spouse will have a boss and, and that has an effect. That will be an authority. Now, what are, we talked about some of false authorities, things that we give authority in our life that ought not have it. What do we got? Your, your peers. Man, do our peers have authority in our life? You can tell by the way we dress. They have it. Let's go with Dalton in the back. Social media. You said that the last time too, I think, right? Uh, social media has authority, man. You've got to make sure you're... Four chins are only two. That's what I'm trying to do. You know, when I take, we let it control us. Asa, boyfriend or girlfriend. I've got a beautiful quote for you, and you can quote me on this. I'll wait, 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 Caleb. You can't take my quote away. Um, uh, you can quote me on this, and this is it. Are you ready? And I don't want you. You might need to write it down. You're not married until you're married. Amen. I know. All right. Right. That's pretty powerful. That's a powerful quote right there. Hey, just want everybody to know you. 
All right, very good, very good. You can quote me on that all day long, but it's true. You're like, man, but you don't understand. I have been in love with this person for four hours, eight minutes, and 37 seconds. And it is true, lifetime, eternal, BFF, love forever and ever and ever and ever. And you're like, oh, you cute little smoking crack sixth grader. What are you doing? You know, you know, say, say, it, you're not married till you're married. So, so keep that in mind. Even, even when you're engaged, you're not married. You, 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 you have said, I'm going to marry this person, but you're not there yet, right? Okay, so, so sometimes we let things have authority in our life and, and it ought not to have. Now, we jumped into a verse, verse 18, at the end of, of two weeks ago when I taught. And th- this is how 18 starts. Ser- servants, be subject to your ma- masters with all respect. Now, he's talked about authority, follow authority, obey it. Um, this is a, because this is the truth. If we can't uh, obey authority of those on earth, we'll never obey God's authority in heaven. If we can't obey those that we can see and talk to, we will never obey God. That's why he gives us parents. And most parents, uh, though you may not get along or not agree with them all the time, they're, they love you and they look out for you. Most parents, there are rare cases where some people are just really messed up. And if that's, if that, if that's you and you're in the, that spot, can I tell you this right, right now? If you are hurt at home in ways you should not be hurt, I would beg you to come talk to me because I want to get help for you. I want to look out for you. I want to protect you because there are things in this world that aren't right. They're rare, but they are, they are real. So and if you ever have a friend that you hear about, they talk to you about something, Get them to an adult that can help them as soon as you can. That's the best friend. That's the being the best friend that you can be is to is to love them, even if it, it might cost you a friendship. You you love them enough to look out for them and care for them. So here, jump jump here. Authority is important. Servants obey your masters with all respect. Now the word servants there is not the word doulos, which is the Greek word we always see all the time in scripture for servant. It's a different word. I'm not even going to try to say it or we're not going to throw it on the screen because you'll be like, man, that looks like some weird, weird writing. Um, but it, it, it means uh, servant or domestic worker. It can, it can still mean slave, okay? But it, it, it's a broader term than that. And just understand the, the context here. Who is Peter writing to? Believers who are who? Why were they scattered? persecution. Now, see, we understand that that slavery isn't what we see back here isn't like in the U.S. in 1815. It's it's, it's not because of race. It's usually because of war. And what they would do is they would fight and they would take over a town and they would would enslave those that they they captured and beat up and they would serve in their household. So So you are kidnapped in war you, you, you sold yourself into servitude to, to pay debt because you couldn't pay your debts, or you were born into it. If you were the, the child of a slave, you became owned by the people that owned you. I'm not saying this is right. The Word of God doesn't even say this is right. This is just saying this was a norm in society of the day. So who Paul is writing to are those that are persecuted like this. So you go, well, why does he even put this in the text? Because he's trying to get them to understand following Christ is everything. No matter what situation that you're in, 
when it's fair and when it's not fair. And we're going to talk about some of that tonight. So um, one interesting thing about ser- servants of this day, m- many times they were more educated than those who owned them in that household. Many of the servants of the day were doctors, teachers, managers, musicians, and the such. So, so they, they weren't some poor people with no skills. A lot of times they had many skills uh, that they used. Now, we're going to stand and read the word beginning in verse 18. So stand with me in honor of God's word. We're just going to take a look at three verses, and then we're going to jump in through the, the, the rest of them. This is what it says at the beginning of verse 18 of chapter 2 of 1 Peter. Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing when mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if, you, if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. Let's pray. Dear God, we, I just ask that, that you will let us see uh, the truth in this text that, Lord, I think applies to every life that's in this room. Uh, and, Lord, may we understand what it means to, 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 fo- to follow you, even when it's hard. But, God, may we also understand how worth it, it is. In Jesus' name. Amen. Um, have you ever had something occur in your life that was unfair? Anybody go, dude, that is not fair. Um, like someone got something and you didn't, and they're like some punk, and you're like, how could Santa Claus bring them stuff and not me? They got what I wanted, and I got coal. You know, so we, we think not, not fair. Or or, uh, you earned it. You should have earned it. You worked just as hard as they did, but they got more than than you got. Or you were penalized for something you didn't do. My sister, the scaredy cat that she was when she was a punk kid, um, she would she was the meanest sister in the world. Some some of you go, no, mine's close to it. Mine was mine was meaner. She would watch like Poltergeist or The Shining or these are horror movies of the day. And then she would be scared and wouldn't want to sleep in a room by herself. So she'd convince me uh, uh, to, to, to sleep in her room so she wouldn't be in a room by herself. She was probably uh, 12. I was probably 9. And uh, so we'd be in this big queen-size queen bed. And just to be mean, she, she would go, I'm telling Mom that you, uh, you, you punched me. And I'm t- I'm, I'm, Mom said, hey, sleep with her because she's scared. And I would be like, I didn't punch you. And she'd be like, Mom. Mom would come in the room. What would, would happen? I'd be like, I didn't do that. You know, now Mom's, bah, bah, bah. now Mom's, that arm can go like 400 miles an hour when it wants to. Bah, 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 bah. I was hit like 18 times in two seconds. Not hit, spank. Um, so, unfair, right? We've all had unfair things occur. I, I, I saw some pictures that made me think of unfairness. Uh, and so that's sort of our theme for tonight, man. How, do we, how does a Christian deal with unfairness, things that aren't fair? Because life is full of it. Now, look, look at this first picture here. Unfair, right there. Is that not unfair that you're like, dude, have you ever felt sort of like that? No? Okay, I've never been a fish. Okay, uh, next, next slide. Ooh, unfair, right? You're, that's having a bad day right there. You're, you're, you're going to the restroom, that roll, and you're trying to pull it, and it keeps ro- rolling away from you. 
unfair, and then you don't want to use the toilet paper that's just scraped across the floor because that's got so many d- diseases. It's bad. Unfair day right there. Uh, so these are things that made me think of unfairness. So next one is this. Look, today will be a good day. Have you ever gotten something and you're like, I'm so excited to have this, and had this occur? Ah. Uh, uh, spilled on the seat, unfair. I mean, you are like ready to feast and you lose it. It's like the kid that's got the ice cream cone and they're like about to take a bite and it, it plops on the ground. And I just want to laugh at him go, loser. No. Uh, next, ne- ne- next thing. Ooh. <laughs> Do you ever feel like this is you, that, that th- th- this is you and th- this is life, right? And you're like, dear Lord. Yeah, I'm about to get killed here, right? Um, I think I've got, I've, I've got this one. Just see if, if you see the unfairness in this next one. You know, if you, if you see it, that's the Flash who's in the race, and you're trying to, and there's no, no chance. Why are they even running? He's already run it twice, and he's back again for a third lap right there. Okay, so un- unfair. Uh, I, I, I've got one more, and, and y'all may not relate to this, but I relate to this. Uh, of things that are unfair. Let's see it. Oh, oh. Does anybody see what I'm talking about here? Because this is what I see. There's two lines here. There's a big line packed with folks, and then there's a priority members only A-list line that they have at the AMC Yuli Theater that some of you may even be members of. And some of us Poor folks have to wait in this line. That's and if you come, if you if if you come, right when a thing comes clear, they pull your line and they let this line just sit and wait. And I'm always like, I'm late for a film. I'm waiting to go, and someone's coming in the door. I'm going, don't go in the in the yellow line. Don't go in the yellow. And they come in the yellow line. I'm like, clear lane, clear lane. Before they get to the top, they get there like right when it comes clear, and they're like, oh, priority lane. Bam! That's not fair. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Do y'all ever feel that? I think it's horrible. And they're like, well, you pay money. And they're like, oh, extortion. Anyways, that's one of the things that gets me the most. Um, and if that's the only thing that gets me the most, that's a pretty good day, I guess. Um, so question number one, and this might be the only question tonight. How are we as God-fearing, Bible-believing, faith in Jesus Christ Christians supposed to react to unfa- unfairness? How, how are we supposed to react to it? Uh, you know, it's interesting, and there's a point here. I think when we look at stuff like this, the Bible reinforces the Bible. The Word of God reinforces the Word of God. If, if you, so uh, Paul writes this in Philippians 2. I, do I have this verse up there? Yeah, okay, good. Uh, it, it says this. This is what Paul writes, verse 14, 15. Do all things without grumbling or dis, disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent chil, chil, children of God, without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation. Do y'all ever look around and feel like, man, we are, it is a crooked and twisted world. Do you feel that way at all? I, no, maybe not. It's not that bad. I mean, if you look hard enough, you're going to see it. It's really messed up. And then it says this, among whom you shine as lights in the world. Do we understand that to shine like lights in the world or like stars in the heaven, to be like that? We can't look or act like the world. You, you know, to shine and to stand out in a world that's twisted and messed up, we can't act and, 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 and smell and behave just like the world. We've got to be 
different. This is what the Word of God says. In Mark 9, it says, if you want to be first, you've got to be what? Last. Wait, wait. The world says, me, 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 have it your way, right? Right? Burger King's motto, have it your, your way. It's you. It's all about you. The Word of God says, you want to be first, be last. It says, if you want to be the great, greatest, you've got to be what? A servant. The, or, the, the worst. I like that, but a servant. If you, if you want to be the greatest held up, you want to be the one that serves the most. Does, does this make sense to the world? Does, is this what the, 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 the world says? Not, not at all, right? It says uh, in Matthew 5, if someone takes your shirt, give them your cloak too. Wait, what? If they take my shirt, I'm going to slash their tires and, you know, mug their mama. Right, 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 you know, you're, you're going to get revenge is what the, the world says to do. But they say, hey, if they steal your shirt, give, give them your coat too. It says uh, in the verse before that, if, an, if, 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 if they, they slap you or hit you in the cheek, give them the other cheek. Is, is that what the world says? What does the world say? Take them, man. In, in, in Matthew 5, 44, it says this. It says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Do you all understand what I'm... The, my whole point is this. We're called to be different. Right, everything the Word of God says. It's it's if you want to if you want to lead, serve. If you want to be first, got to be last. These things that make no sense. If you want to, um, uh, you know what you do with your enemies. You don't defeat them. You 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 love them, and you pray for those who persecute you. Those who attack you. I mean, you, you don't pray that God will kill them. You pray for them. Things that that don't. Don't make sense. How can we even be different in a world? How can we live in a way that even when we're attacked, we still love them? Y'all just sing a song that says, I'm free, free, forever, I'm free. Do you know what you're free, free from? The bondage of sin and hate and revenge and murder. It's just all this stuff that's of the world. That, that's what we're, we, we sing that song, loud man, I'm free, free, forever, I'm free. That, that's what Jesus did. He didn't just bring us redemption and eternity and the relationship with God. What comes with that is also freedom from all this stuff on who we have to be. And then it says this. Look at in verse 20, for what, back in, verse, in 1 Peter 2. For what credit is it when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure. This is a gracious thing in the sight of God. So what I'm saying is this. If you're, you're called to endure, even when you didn't earn the punishment, even when you don't deserve the punishment, he still says endure it. Yes. And by doing so, you respect God's authority over your life. Now listen, everybody listen to this part. Heads up, eyes please, because this is the, one of the most important things. Um, this does not mean enduring physical abuse in your home or elsewhere. This does not mean enduring sex, sexual abuse in your home or elsewhere. 
It doesn't even mean enduring emotional abuse that is, is you know, and there's, someone can say a mean word, but then there can also be pounding mean words all the time, all the time, all the time. It, that, that's not what this text is saying. It doesn't say, hey, just, just suck it up. That's what God has given you when they are breaking the laws of God and God, 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 God's com, com, commands. You don't in, endure that. You get help. That was one thing I was saying at the start. If this is happening to you, flee, get away from it. If there's threats going, hey, don't tell anybody. Get help. Talk to me. Please talk to me. It's happened. I've talked to, 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 to students more than I, I care to to help get them out of spots that they should not be in. It's rare, but it's, it's real. Get help. So outside of, of that type of case, when you've got a boss that's mean or a teacher that's mean or a parent that might be firm, they're not mean, but they're firm. And you're, you know, sometimes you just feel like they're picking on you. What do you do? You endure it. Why? Because, and, and this is a, a key. Look in verse not, not 19. I sort of miss this part, but it says this. When mindful of God, right? When, when uh, verse nineteen, for, for this is a gracious thing. When mindful of God, one endures sor- sorrows while suffering unju- unjustly. We suffer why? Because we're, we, we we our whole goal is to point p- p- people to God. If that's not our goal, it doesn't pay us to suffer unjustly. But if our goal is to point them to God and being mindful of God and honoring God with our life, then that, that, that's why we endure. That, that's how we keep it up. Um, so there's two, two, two points in here. One, how do we endure or why? Why do we endure unfairness? Because it, you're going to deal with it the rest of your life. Things are going to come up. Someone's going to get a job that, that you are much more well-trained. Maybe you've trained them in what they're doing, and you get skipped over. Things are going to be unfair. So why do you endure, endure or what is the point? You endure for this. One, our actions should point them to Jesus Christ. We endure, why? Because we want to, in, in all things, we want to point them to Christ. Uh, and we should be so opposite of the world's reaction to things that they go, huh, there's, there's something here. They've got something that everybody else does not have, and it points them to God. So we need to point them to Christ. Have you, have, have you ever been set up before? Like set up, like, like someone, uh, like, here's a story, and this will help it. Um, uh, quite a few years ago at a, a youth camp of mine, not from this church, it was, it was, it was more than 10 years ago, uh, some of my kids were trying to pull off a prank. Now, if you know anything about my camps, there's no pranks. I will squash you. Uh, I've got like sixth grade parents that come to me and go, my kid's so scared of you because you told them you were going to squash them. I'm like, good. Uh, so um, so we, we don't do pranks. Why? And I'll, I'll say this. We don't do pranks at our camp because and you go, well, pranks can be fun. That's right. But usually the kid who's been picked on at school or been picked on all his life is a kid who ends up getting picked on the most in the prank. And the last place I want someone to be picked on or hurt is at church camp. I don't want a a scar to hit them where they will never walk back into the church the same way. 
that their belief in God is shattered. So that's why I'm like, I'm like mean when it comes to pranks. So uh, there's this guy. Some of you know him. His uh, name is Josh LaFamina. He's been at our camps a couple times in the years past to help out. Um, he's, he's a good guy now. Uh, <laughs> and I got wind uh, from youth because peep, 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 people always talk and I hear and know about much more than you think I hear and know. And that's still the case. We tell secrets or we think we're getting away with stuff. And I just got to let, let, let y'all know so much. People can't hold a secret. And I hear so, I know so much stuff. Some of you are like, that's good. I want you to be scared. <clears throat> so when had come to me that some students had put some X-lax into the camp Gatorade cook. Cooler. Now, X-lax is a laxative that makes you, if you're stopped up, you get the runs really good. Okay, so they'd put it in the Gatorade big jug when kids are are coming in. No ideas this year, camp. I will squash you, really. Um, so I got wind that a young man uh, named Josh LaFamina was the mastermind behind the scheme. And so he had no idea that I knew. So we're just hanging out, out outside. And I said, hey, Josh, can I talk to you for a second? He said, yeah, man, sure. So I said, hey, are you having a, I'm so glad you came to camp, bro. Are you having a good time? And he's like, yeah, man, I'm having a great time. Uh, and, uh, and I said, man, and I said, dude, it's really cool seeing you just grow and just to be a man of God and starting to grow and learn these things. You, know, that's, you think it's important to be a, a man of God, right? And he said, yeah, man, for sure. I said, you know, I think a man of God is someone who's like loyal, you know, faithful to God. And he said, man, you are, you are sure right on that for sure. And I said, I also think a man of God has got character and he leads well uh, and looks out for those uh, around him. And he's like, no doubt. And I said, man, I, and, and, and I think a, a man of God is someone who is honest. He said, for, for sure. He had no idea. And so I said, Josh, I said, uh, let me ask you something. He said, sure, man. I said, did you put laxative into the Gatorade cooler? And he's like, oh, man. <laughs> he's like, you set me up. How could you do that? I'm like, I'm awesome. That's why. You know, so, and he said, so I, I made him and his three buddies drink a large glass of Gatorade apiece. What they didn't know was I switched out with some safe stuff. But I made them drink it. And they were worried. They were like, thinking, no way you think you might be sick. <laughs> I said, don't mess with me. Um, so that's sort of, you know, that, that's a setup. I mean, I set him up. I had a, where there was, he was, he was going to go straight to hell right then if he lied to me because of what everything, and it, that's just a phrase, but it was just, he was just like stuck. And in the text here, Paul's writing about a pretty harsh, tough deal. I mean, these people are, they are displaced from their homeland. Many are, are serp, 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 servants in places where it's, it's not a great place to be, where they're, they're unjustly dealt with. And this is what he's saying. Hey, I know, I know it's tough, but you need, to, you need to point to Christ. And then this is what he says in the text, because it's a clearly, to me, a Jesus juke. 
I don't know if you, you know what a Jesus juke, I've, I've explained that before, but it's like you're talking about something, actions or life, and all of a sudden you've been set up because someone slides Jesus in the conversation. It's like came out of nowhere, came out of left field, right? Whoa, where did it come from? This is sort of what occurs because he's saying, hey, unfair, unfair, unfairness is going to, to be here, and you've got to endure it. And then he goes into verse 21. Take a look at here. We're just going to read through 21 through 25, and we're, we're about done tonight. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you. So, okay, you've been called to endure even unjust things, okay? Because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled or hated, he did not hate or revile in return. When he, he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly, God the Father. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were straying like sheep, but now have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your soul. So first, the first thing he says, hey, follow Christ's example in his steps. I know unfairness is here. Follow Christ and what he did. And this is what Christ did. He lived a full life, 33 years, and he never sinned. And at the end of his life, he's put on a cross. And instead of being redeemed right there on the cross, which he so deserved, he took the sin, the guilt, the pain of everybody else, and he gave righteousness back to those of the sin and guilt and pain that he took. He exchanged it. That's the most unfair trade ever. His whole life, we think things are unfair because, man, I worked hard, just as hard as that guy, and they got twice as much as I did. That is so unfair. Think about what Christ did. What, what uh, uh, as they're going, man, I don't know, I don't know if I can do what he's saying. This person I work for is just so unjust. It's just so unfair. And he says, but remember what Christ did. The most unfair trade ever and he got the, so the raw end of the deal, and those who believe in him got the best deal ever, righteousness that we don't deserve, forgiveness that we did not earn. That is incredible. That is, so, so how do we deal with unfairness? Because you will deal with unfairness. And most of the time we deal with unfairness in the wrong way. They owe me this. I don't de- deserve this. I deserve better than this. I'm not going to give them the time of day. I don't, I'm not I'm even going to hang out or talk with them. I don't like them at all. I'm going to stay. We, we, we get bitter and mean. Unfairness is going to be here. What do we do? We endure it. Why? For the sake of Christ. To point them to Christ. And when you go, man, I don't know if I can endure or not. Think of what he in, in, endured and gave up. That exchange, there's no comparison. G, 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 Jesus showed us how in every way, and this is, this is just... Our world needs to see him. How are they going to see him? When we don't act like the world. When we don't react like the world. When things go south, man, are we going to follow? Are we going to honor? Are we going to trust him? Because our world needs to see him. Our world needs to know Jesus. Without him, they're lost. Let's pray together. Do you got to thank you so much for tonight. Just a chance to talk about your word. Your word, Lord, I thank you for the cross. God, when I just thought about it and just thought of, what it would take to live a perfect, sinless life. 
And in the end, he gave that, 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 that life up, that everything he earned, he gave up for, for us who don't deserve it. Uh, and he took on everything he did not deserve. Uh, if there's anything unjust or unfair, that's the most unfair thing I've ever heard of or thought of. God, help us live a life that's thankful. Help us live a redeemed life. Uh, and Lord, wherever we go, whenever things are not fair or, or not just or not right, God, may we honor you in our re- re- reaction. Give us the strength and courage to follow you, to seek you. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.